Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is Strictly Confidential. So apologies if my microphone is a little bit echoey. I'm recording in my new apartment for the first time. Also known as Jackson's old apartment. And uh, it's, it's honestly, it's a good thing that you lived here before because I'm not mad about the damages that are here when I moved in. Yeah, because I was the first person to live in that apartment. Yeah. And so there's all these pee stains on the stairs. And I'm like, I know what dog did that. I'm glad you clarified that there was a dog involved. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't have to, but I'm your friend. Yeah, because I thought you would just say something like, all these pee stains on the stairs, and I know what boy did that. <laughs> Except there's these cool vaulted ceilings, and there's these fans up here that I don't know how to estimate height. What is that, 20 feet? How uh, do you change the light bulb? So we never changed the light bulb. You just um, don't, I, right? Like, Yeah, I think that uh, if the light bulb goes out, the only solution there is prayer. <laughs> Well, I could also contact maintenance, but that would be less reliable than prayer. Oh, without a doubt. You could also, if you are feeling a little sacrilegious, but really uh, adventurous, you could pray to maintenance. (laughs) It's definitely more likely to get through than a maintenance request, I'll tell you that. So going to the standard question, what are you drinking right now? Oh, I am embarrassed to say right now. Because you know how uh, when you go to those... uh, when you go to, like, the grocery store and buy beer, and in the beer section, there are those, like, bottles that are full of some pink liquid. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, for... The, what are those for? Uh, for drinking, but uh, I think typically for ladies drinking. Uh, that's why they're pink. The, yeah, that's why they're pink. Uh, the brand name is Seagram's, and it's... <laughs> Seagram's? And it's delicious, honestly, okay? So all of the hate that you're trying to send my way right now, it is delicious. No, I like Seagram's. It's just not a, it's not like a a fancy deal. (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) this... That's like saying I went to the soda aisle and I saw a Mistar Pib. (laughs) Have you tried this? Have you tried Mistar Pib? Am I saying it wrong? It's just, it's just Seagram's, not (laughs) Seagram's. I'm sorry, (laughs) It was the first time I had read the word out loud. <laughs> and I saw two names, C. Graham. Well, what's it good for? How, do you just drink it straight up? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically just like a soda, but with uh, 3.2% alcohol. It's, uh, the flavor is Jamaican me happy. Uh, that's which is good. A, that's a bad pun, but um, it is de- described here as a malt beverage with natural flavors and contains... Red, number thirty. <laughs> we put so, red in it. Yeah, I've got a lot of questions, uh, but I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let them pass. What? Uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Buddha Brew, a uh, Buddha Brew kombucha from Austin, Texas. There's 19 mm. billion live cultures in here. I don't even wow. know how they made room for the liquid. <laughs> My intestine is a zoo right now, Jackson. Wow, you've like individually uh, quartered them off into their own little cages. Yeah, and they are not happy. They're making a oh, ruckus. Man. Well, these are well, not free-range cultures. They want to be are free. They, are they? So is it the Buddha's brew that comes in the mason jars? Yeah. 
Yeah. Is kombucha even good unless it's out of a mason jar? Can you imagine kombucha out of, like, a styrofoam cup? It goes from a delicious delight to swill. It goes from, like, a... It goes from, like, a delicious, like, indulgence to, like... Hey, we got you this, like, really shitty warm (laughs) Kool-Aid. It's kind of vinegary, so we don't know if it's really Hawaiian punch, but it's cool. Kombucha's already a mistake you can drink. Yeah, but... Like, someone just messed up tea just enough that it was delicious. I don't know if they messed it up just enough. It takes, like, four weeks for you to get something straight from tea (laughs) to kombucha. Someone really blew it, and it worked out better than expected. So, yeah... I would love to learn more about the history of kombucha. I would just like to learn more about history. I'm excited you're excited to learn about history. But first, let me uh, change the calendar on my computer because it says it's 2018 when really it should be 1693. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) today we're talking about the phantom time hypothesis. So uh, this is one of of the theories that I've been wanting to do since we started this show. Um, So I did a bunch of research on it. It start, It came out saying that uh, in 1995, it started with a German historian named, uh, and his name is German, so bear with me, Herbert Illig, who published a paper alleging that someone fudged the Gregorian calendar by anywhere from 290 to 330 years. Oof. That's um, more than a they, fudge. Yeah, it's, it's more than a couple weeks of old tea, that's for sure. This comes from a website that I I don't know is a spectacular website, but the name of the website is OMG Facts, and it says, quote, that says, One of the duo's theories involved a conspiracy cooked up by the church. What better way to legitimize doctrines or decrees than to backdate them by a couple hundred years and tell people it's been that way all, all along? So um, a lot of this goes back to the people thinking that um, the church was in control. I mean— a lot of this goes back to the fact that the church was in control of how calendars and everything were set up. And so a lot of these things have to do with the the church, specifically the Catholic Church and the Roman Empire. Um, okay. Another, another article uh, from a place called All That's Interesting uh, says he claims that Holy Roman Emperor Charlemagne was not in fact a real ruler, but simply a King Arthur type legend. He also points out the mathematical discrepancies between the Julian and Gregorian calendars further complicates things. The Julian calendar says a full year is 365.25 days long, whereas the Gregorian calendar, the one we use now, says it's actually 11 minutes shorter than that. So uh, that's to compensate for leap days or something, right? Yeah, it's to compensate for the fact that, like, the year isn't actually exactly 365 days long. Um, it's a tiny bit more than that. And so the best explanation of this comes from one website called Damn Interesting, and they have kind of the best, like, explain like I'm five summary of it. Okay, good. We need that here. Yeah. So in 15, it's more like an explain like I'm nine, I think, though. That's that's closer Ooh, to what Almost double is. digits. Yeah. Uh, you're an old boy now. Uh, so damn interesting says, in 1582, the Gregorian calendar we still use today was introduced by Pope Gregory the Thirteenth to replace the outdated Julian calendar, which had been implemented in 45 BC. The Gregorian calendar was designed to correct for a 10-day discrepancy caused by the fact that the Julian year was 10.8 minutes too long. But 
by Herebert Illig's math, the sixteen twenty-seven years which had passed since the Julian calendar started should have accrued a thirteen-day discrepancy and not a ten-day discrepancy. A ten-day discrepancy would only have taken twelve fifty-seven years, which is three hundred fewer years. Wait. Okay. Once again, in the numbers, we start losing Asher a little bit. So the discrepancy okay, so- is is twelve days. But how do we get to the point where we're missing hundreds of years today? Okay, so let me explain just the math element of it a little bit more simply. So the Gregorian calendar has a little bit of extra time for each day, right? Yes. Or for each year. Um, and so um, according to the, uh, the Pope Gregory, 1627 years passed when they created the calendar there they would have 10 days of error but by the math of the guy who came up with this theory that time period should really be 13 days with the added up uh 10.8 minutes per year okay does that track and so yeah so it's compound so, like this the 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 error the miscalculation is building up over time right it and becomes so the, a more significant error as t- as the years go on and so the, the three bonus days that they add um, are one of the main arguments about why the phantom time hypothesis exists because they're arguing that um, those 300 years were made up. And do you want to hear what's even more buck wild than any of this? Yes. I found the original research paper that came up with this theory. Whoa, cool. So it's titled, Did the Early Middle Ages Really Exist?, that Dr. sounds like one of the, He should have been on our show. <laughs> that sounds like we wrote that. By Dr. Ans Ulrich Niemitz. And I, I can guarantee he would have done way better than we are doing at this show because he had like seven pages of references in here. And we haven't referenced anything, really. Well, we referenced OMG Facts and Damn Interesting. Yeah, we did. And uh, yeah. So uh, I'm going to give a couple quotes of this, just kind of rapid fire to explain a little bit more of this. So bear with me a little bit. But um, he says, the thesis mainly says, between 1 AD and the Renaissance, 1500 AD, historians count approximately 300 years too many in their chronology. In other words, the Roman Emperor Augustus really lived 1700 years ago instead of the conventionally assumed 2000 years ago. Wow. And then next, uh, they explain the whole uh, situation with the Gregorian calendar, um, explaining kind of the whole 257 versus 1582 days based on the 10 days extra or years based on the 10 days extra versus 13 days extra. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, And then so this whole uh, piece is pretty long, but uh, what's kind of crazy is that the only way that he comes up with the only like argument he comes up with against uh his theory actually i kind of want you to guess what do you think the argument that he uses against the phantom time hypothesis is um how did we blow it so bad like that's well i guess that's my argument and that's what's how do you how does time go missing and then no one notice for this long I wish that that was his big argument. Okay. His big his big argument is tree rings. <laughs> okay. You thought that I was going to get to there? 
No, I just thought that the comedic effect of you guessing something and then me telling you it was tree rings would be well worth it. <laughs> okay. okay, so um so the study of like basing history off of tree rings um is called dendrochronology and it works because this is a quote because each time period creates typical sequences of rings. With the help of overlapping sequences of different trees, it is possible to construct a standard sequence that reaches back centuries for a given region. This seems Dang, to be a very cool. simple theory, but you have to count the tree rings if you want to find the, the thing, essentially. Um, there's another argument against applying that to the Middle Ages, however. The number of suitable samples of wood which connect antiquity to the Middle Ages is very small. Um hmm. Only a cert, only a great number of samples would give certainty against error. For the period about uh, 720 AD, only four suitable samples of wood uh, were found, and usually five, uh, 50 samples are used as an average for dating. Basically, they're saying that, yes, dendrochronology can be used in a lot of historical stuff, but the reason it's not a good enough argument here is that there aren't enough trees. Hmm, that makes sense. And then the last thing I wanted to bring up before we dive into our analysis is uh, they talk about the two theories on why this would actually happen. Um, so hypothesis one is that the uh, the Pope, or not the Pope, yeah, the royal emperor Otto III didn't live around the year 1000 AD, as history says. He himself picked that date. He wanted to reign in the year because it suited his understanding of Christian millennialism. Hmm. 1000 literally just sounded cooler or more significant. And he was yeah, like, I mean, yeah, that's where I live. That's essentially it. And then the other hypothesis is that Constantine the Seventh of Byzantine, who was alive uh, 905 to 959 AD, organized a complete rewriting of the whole Byzantine history. And so that one isn't as interesting. That's um, pretty interesting. Because I'm not seeing the... It sounds like we made this switch from the Julian calendar, which was crazy old, near the end of the Middle Ages, we switched over to the Gregorian calendar, right? Right. During that transference, we may have lost hundreds of years. Right. So in that case, it's a blunder, and and essentially, there hasn't actually been any history lost. Like no one's burned any history books, no one's concealing any sort of events in the past. We're literally just dating ourselves older than we're supposed to. But right. you're saying there's two other theories where the date was changed so that, so that the emperor could feel important by living in the year 1000, and then two some history was actually intentionally covered up and erased and that's where like this phantom time exists so these th these two hypotheses both go in line with the um that error that happened okay i guess i'm not julian. seeing how that works yet so between the julian and gregorian the theory is that um those 300 years um since the Holy Roman Emperor was in kind of cahoots, essentially, with the Pope at that point, Pope Sylvester II. Oh. Hmm. So they were involved in the uh, decision to move time forward. And so the Gregorian calendar oh, continued okay. to account for that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 
So then it wouldn't have been so much of a mistake after all. Right. So it was... But yeah, so the mistake there is with the time. So uh, before we dive into a little bit more of that, I had a chance to speak with my friend Marcus, who is uh, studying history in a graduate program. And uh, he kind of told me everything he knew about the Dark Ages. And actually, what's great, he responded. So I texted him and said, uh, doing a conspiracy theory podcast, and next week we're talking about the, the phantom time theory. It's the idea that the Dark Ages were made up. And he texted back, well, they were, just not in the, <laughs> sen- just not in the sense of physical time, which is a pretty good... Uh, all right doctor who let's get in on that answer okay so yeah uh let's dive in real fast and listen to my interview with marcus sweet someone who knows what they're talking about so hey marcus why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in studying history okay well um i studied history at harding university um just for four years there i studied mainly early history ancient history and that's greek and roman kind of stuff and then now I'm pursuing a master's over at Harding School of Theology, studying historical theology, looking at the early church. Okay, sweet. And so our theory today that we're talking about is the phantom, hypo- or phantom time hypothesis, which states that the Dark Ages never existed. And when I asked you about that, you said that the Dark Ages were a wacky period. So I'd love to hear more about just like a, what you know about the Dark Ages. Sure. So... History kind of define, defies all attempts to, you know, really post-market. Um, the Dark Ages particularly, um, you could put at the end of the Roman Empire, at, or at least at the fall of the Western Empire in the 5th century. Um, or you could put it later as um, several of the Western kingdoms get set up and other things tend to happen. And so um, generally for the Dark Ages, depending on who you talk to, um, they kind of begin there and then some i guess one of the most common ending dates is probably around 1066 as we enter um the medieval ages in earnest whenever you get the uh, battle of hastings as the normans right. and so it's a pretty broad expanse of time and they're called the dark ages um that we don't know a whole lot about them uh, they're they're unknown to us because the literary record there as these barbarian invasions came in from um, the, the eastern side of the continent, pouring west, um, just kind of overtook Roman civilization and a lot of things like literature and literacy um, tended to be a little bit uh, less widespread, we'll say. Okay. Um, do we have, so part of the reason they're called the Dark Ages is because we know less about them than the rest of the ages, correct? Sure, sure. All right. Well, the Dark Ages were, like you said, yes, called called the Dark Ages because we did have less information about them. Another element in this is that they were also called that by um, historians, particularly from the Enlightenment age. They called the Dark Ages the Dark Age um, because they were in a period in between what it was seen as the classical period of light, where you get all the philosophers like Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, and the Greek and Roman civilizations, they fall where the Dark Ages comes in. And then the new period, the Enlightenment, in which these historians live, was supposed to be a new period of light that kind of emulated that first period of light. So this age in between the Dark Ages and then the Middle Ages that intervene um, were kind of eras of superstition and domination by religion 
where um, not a whole lot of um, rational and reasonable thought um, was supposed to be flying around. Okay. And so the way we get that kind of, this is like a kind of explain like I'm five scenario, but the way we get that data about, or that history about the ages before the dark ages and after the dark ages and even during that is based on written documents we're finding and stuff. And so a lot of that could, could a lot of that be because there isn't nearly as much like written documents or there aren't as much from the dark ages. Exactly. Exactly. So with the invasion of um, Eastern barbarians into the Western Roman empire, um, a lot of the learning and literature of Western civilization kind of collapsed in on itself because, you know, everyone's too busy protecting themselves to um, sit around and do things like create and write. Sure. So is it, how much less information do we have just on a scale perspective? On a scale perspective? I mean, it's immense. I would probably say that it's somewhere around, you know, at least a 75% reduction. That's, it's big. <laughs> okay, wow. Yeah, that, uh, that helps a ton. So the theory that I've found uh, came out in, I think, 98. Uh, I'm still doing some research on it, but it's basically like this guy stated that, uh, um, so who, was there an emperor in, a thou- in around 1000 AD? Um, there was, yes, an Eastern Roman emperor over in Constantinople. Right. So the theory uh, basically states that the guy who was the emperor at that time wanted to be the emperor at a thousand. So he kind of helps them create the Dark Ages to push time forward. That's a really interesting theory. I could see how that could work. Yeah, I think... I definitely am not on board with it yet, but I also wasn't around in the Dark Ages, so I'm open to the theory. Sure, sure. I think that that's really funny. Of all the things that you could put yourself in and times you would want to live in, that 1,000-year mark, I wonder if it has any connections to, like, traditions of the Christian millennium or anything like that. So that was another thing I was reading about. Um, I feel bad because I don't have like an actual intense knowledge of what happened but apparently the theory states that it has to do with like the way um, the the church was tracking time as well sure and so so like it had something to do with the fact that like at that point uh, when they tracked time they tracked a certain extra amount per year like it's like uh, it was like a 14th of a day or something right so um, and so at that point, they changed it. Um, you probably know a lot more about that, though. I know that there were some shifts in between the old Julian calendar and then the Gregorian calendar that probably would have shifted some things around, especially in regards to what you're talking about, how many days or how much time per year um, was added in order to keep the year straight. Okay. Well, uh, thanks so much for talking to me, Marcus. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. That was great. We should outsource our expertise more often. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, definitely. That's super interesting. I'm glad you talked to him. I enjoyed that he hadn't heard that theory before about the the shift by the emperor to the year 1000. And he totally nailed it, too, when he jumped to the conclusion that it might be about the millennial cycles in Christian faith. Yeah, I... So I actually did this interview a couple days ago, and completely had forgotten about the fact that he brought up that Christian millennia and it's in the original paper about the theory. 
Yeah, he got it. He nailed it. That's awesome. He nailed it. So yeah, um, I think the important part he talks about there is when he talks about how uh, how little we really truly know about the Dark Ages. And so I wanted to dive in a little bit and see kind of like how how much it would really be a stretch to assume that like a decent amount of history is made up. Well, it's really interesting that he talked about how during the period of first light, which is Socrates, Plato, the Greek and Roman Empire, we have, I don't know if there's any other period in history where we have way more documentation that comes before. Because it seems like in all other realms, history, art, all forms of culture, the the current documentation we have of that just increases as we get closer to present day. So for there to be this sudden, significant 75% drop-off where right. all of a sudden we're not seeing, you know, we're not, we don't have any records of music, literature, history, pretty much all forms of hu- human life are considerably less documented. Yeah, and I, like, completely understand that, like, a lot of a lot of the time in the past we, as a culture, like, didn't write stuff down because we weren't kind of considering what it would be like to recognize that stuff in the future. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, we we have the digital age now, so, like, everything we're doing now, people are going to be able to talk about in a couple hundred years. Sure. But, like, in the Dark Ages, I mean, like, even before the Dark Ages, especially, they might not have thought to write everything down so that we could talk about it in the future as history. Well, it's definitely interesting. He talked about how there is these these constant barbarian invasions, and you have this period of time where Western a lot of uh, Western societies are just focusing on surviving. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know if that's enough of a reason to stop creating art or writing down history, because I feel like they, uh, we have plenty of documentation about the Greek and Roman empires during their periods of turmoil. Um, it also I, is specifically it, 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 it's very closed minded because like yes a lot of the a lot of the nations in Europe and Israel and like the Middle East and stuff were at war during that time but what about like like uh more eastern culture and like stuff like that going on as well like isn't there probably a pretty good chance that we have historical data from other like areas as well yeah I mean, if we're assuming that that period of time really does exist, which I'm not certain about. Well, a lot of what we think of, like, when we think of, like, fairies and dragons and all these fantastical creatures that we still have in Western culture, these Western fantasy staples kind of come from this Dark Age, Middle Age period. And it is kind of wild, and I haven't thought about this before, that that level of superstition comes after the Greek and Roman Empire where these uh, you would assume more primitive people would never have believed in the existence of like a tree spirit. Yeah, well, so I mean... So for there to be like this de-evolution into more superstition is really fascinating to me. Because right, these, these, these aren't even separate cultures, really. Like, these are both what we deem now the Western civilization. This is, this is still Europe. But yeah. you see this drop off and this decline into basically like paranoia, paranoia, uh, paranora, uh, paranoia, superstition, Rawr. and uh, 
yeah, this complete lack of like documented history that we're seeing. Yeah. So uh, they explained that uh, I only want to demonstrate that an action of rewriting and faking like this has happened before. It has it like it it in the past there was a lot of historical stuff like that being faked or being like written and then corrected later. Sure. The um, the, the victors write the history books, right? There's, there's like a saying. Right. I don't really remember what the saying yeah. is. There's a catchy thing you say about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. Uh, history is written by the victor, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So what's one of the specific examples of time being rewritten or history being rewritten that this guy is alluding so, to? So uh, they don't actually explain it in this piece, which is as frustrating as possible. <laughs> I guess they assume you already know examples, but we definitely don't. Yeah, I mean, the whole article, like, a lot of it went over my head because it's the kind of thing where it's like, and in this specific time, you know who I'm talking about. Like, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Or he's like, and I'm like, people, you know, like, how people think the Egyptians exist. Moving on. Like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 hold it. Well, reel it back a little bit. Real, like, like you know what happened September 12th, 1976. Like, I, I just, I genuinely, <laughs> I genuinely don't. Um... Get an academic so, article yeah. that starts with, we're all friends here. You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I love the idea that, like, that these historians are going to write in a style that's like, um, and what was big was the dendrochronology. But I don't have to explain that to you, do I, Douglas? <laughs> P.S. Like listening- don't share this letter with anyone, Douglas. It better not get out. It's like listening to, like, punk bands like the Front Bottoms where they talk about, like, uh, how specifically detailed elements are. Where, yeah. like, like, it can only really relate to, like, four total people who happen to watch American Beauty a specific week in 2003 or something. <laughs> it was 2 a.m. in a Stucky's parking lot. I can't even say that without laughing. It's, it's always just, like, something so ultra-specific. It could only have ever happened to one person. I mean, it does help make it where, like, you easily remember the song, though. Yeah, definitely. Like, their best song is about the fact that the uh, the lead singer had to sleep on a twin-size mattress for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. He sung about yeah. it. He was like, yeah, it was Serta brand. <laughs> it was like, oh, man. Bought it part- in 1999 for two ninety First three, he talks about all the mattresses he couldn't afford. And it's really sad because he doesn't, he's unfulfilled. Yeah. The two expensive mattress, part one, two, and three. <laughs> how many followers, how many listeners do you think we need to get to convince the front bottoms to write a song titled The More Expensive Mattress? <laughs> I bet we're close. We're pretty close. What yeah. are the front bottoms doing these days? Uh, they just, I think they just released their fourth album, but I've still only listened to the first couple. I'm sure they're pretty good. I, uh, I got to see them live and they were a lot of fun. Um, fourth album this weekend I have plans but next weekend actually no I think I'm gonna go see my grandmother and then they run out of space there like they they meet they meet the limit that Spotify allows you to name an album yeah I heard they just announced their fifth album has anybody seen my Nokia (laughs) has anyone seen my Nokia I don't really need it but I feel like I used to have it and it was in my room somewhat and then it cuts off yeah with the with the uh, the single, uh, I think I just reached level seven in, uh, in smithing in RuneScape. 
Man, but I'm not sure for, because it, I don't understand how to change the graphics settings. Is it time for RuneScape to become nostalgic? Is that already nostalgic? I think that uh, this is as uh, as far from the actual topic as possible. But I think that RuneScape's uh, no, it takes servers... place in the Dark Ages. This is completely tied in. Okay, yeah, uh, reeling it back in. So I think that uh, the historical documentary game series uh, RuneScape is actually being taken off the uh, internet uh, this week. This week? Yeah. In memoriam, RuneScape. I just decided I do feel nostalgic about RuneScape because that makes me feel bad. Okay, well, if it means anything, I just looked at a screenshot of RuneScape. Oh, no, that game does not look good. Don't do that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, heavens. Remember when you would play RuneScape when it was, like, relatively new-ish? Did you ever do that? Yeah. And it was like, I'm going to spend the next three weeks killing these orcs so that I can get to level 30 in this one thing so I can sell everything and become a farmer. Oh my god, I can't believe how bad this game looks. It is tragic. I cannot uh, believe how bad this game looks. Oh my goodness. I'll definitely put a photo of this up on our Instagram when we... uh, I mean, my laptop was running on D batteries back then, so I think I had a sense that this was the best it could be. Even then, I knew it was ugly, though. Yeah, but it's kind of the same kind of thing as, like, like I could just look at a bulletin board and say, that's my character, and get about, <laughs> and get about the same quality of, like, time out of it, I think. Do you know what I'm saying? When, when, when the graphics are this bad, why show me anything? Like, text-based yeah. adventure would be more appealing. Yeah. Um, so, back to the theory... Uh, Imagine how arrogant you would have to be to think, you know what? Since my buddy is the Pope and I am the Roman Emperor, let's just move time ahead so I get to start in a cool year. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I I'm I'm now leaning towards that theory over the actual like the idea that dark the dark ages existed because I just can't get through what I talked about earlier where there was there could be such an instantaneous and dramatic decline in all documentation without there being some form of foul play. I don't know. I I feel like that doesn't happen naturally, at least not to that degree. Yeah, and so the things that convince me of that are the uh, are the numbers, like the actual uh, explanation of like the difference between the Gregorian and the Julian calendar and how there should be like... um, I think it's exactly 325 bonus years there. Or it's, yeah, I mean, 297 years there. Like, that's crazy that the old calendar we used doesn't account for that much of our actual time. Yeah. Right? That's no small chunk. And I I think what we need to acknowledge is the fact that uh, that time period wasn't something that was, uh, or like that mistake isn't something that intentionally happened. It happened because somebody moved our like time marker forward, essentially. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like when I'm playing Animal Crossing Wild World on my uh, DS, and if I move the clock on my DS a couple years forward, my entire village Everyone is in the town in is dead. No, a couple years forward. Oh, okay. Not 300. They're but not if completely I moved a- decomposed. So we used to do this when we played Animal Crossing Wild World, 
which I, I, it might be Wildwood. I should Google that. But basically, uh, uh, you got it. It's Wildwood. No world. Okay, but yeah. So yeah. So what we did is you could put money in the bank, and it would be like a quick investment. If you like put money in the bank and then came back uh, a week later, you would get like a certain amount of profit. But the whole way that the system worked was based on the clock in your DS. So if you changed the clock in your DS like three or four years in advance, you would have enough money to uh, to do whatever you wanted in the game. <laughs> I was going to say, why simulate, why enjoy this life simulation when you can just cheat and make incredible profit? But then that's true. You can use the bells to get that couch you were looking at. But the big problem with that is they thought about that a little bit, and they made it really hard for you to pull weeds in the game. Oh, yeah, that's right. Your whole town would be overrun. That's how you and pay so for it. so your whole town is overrun with weeds. That's essentially what happened a thousand years ago. <laughs> okay, now I'm tracking. Yeah, that's essentially what happened. The Pope decided, you know what? I want more money than I have. <laughs> So I'm going to cheat the system and move time forward. There's also uh, the argument uh, that I talked about a little bit at the very beginning with the uh, church uh, coming from OMG Facts, which uh, I think actually cites this article that I'm reading, uh, where they said that some of it could have been the fact that this this worked out for the church as well as it did for the Roman emperor because it can le- help legitimize doctrines or to. De- and decrees because it makes them an additional 300 years older. Interesting. Which I think is really neat. Basically giving themselves seniority by creating the years that it would take to achieve that seniority. Yeah, it's like making an album a classic immediately. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, and so that that was the part that really tied together the whole... Uh, Pope and Roman Emperor working together so quickly or so well right because they both gain from it yeah and so personally I uh, I think I believe that the Dark Ages never existed I think I kind of do now I think I do as well but I guess I guess my final question is like how does this does this affect us in any way today other than I guess we should like we haven't even reached 2018 yet that's significant yeah, so uh, Y2K is still happening, uh, still hasn't happened yet, which is uh, one of the important things. But I think what's frustrating is that it doesn't really affect us at all. Hmm. Because, like, the years beyond remembering what happened in the past don't actually mean anything for us in the future. Like, like in terms of, like, actual significance, the year 2019 doesn't mean anything different than 2018 does yet you know what i'm saying sure and so like for the emperor and for the pope those the actual number that was written down year 1000 and having 300 more years that in that case those numbers had significance but in this case in 2018 it might as well be 20xx really what that matters is what's happening in the culture around us not the actual number we assign to the year yeah, I mean, and all of that is the whole, like, uh, like human construct thing, which is an argument that I absolutely love making, but I know it's very, can get very exhausting to be a part of. But basically, like, for us, 
it doesn't affect how you and I go about our day if it's 2018 or 1693. Yeah. And it doesn't change. The difference between 2018 and 2019 is no difference than the difference between 1693 and 1694. Of course, there are some uh, dark age historians out there who would be upset to learn they've wasted a lot of time. Yes, and, and then I what, definitely... what's RuneScape about? When does that take place? Yeah, where, where was Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> I it thought could... Game of Thrones happened then. Oh man! So yeah, uh, that's the Phantom Time hypothesis. That was incredibly interesting, and I, yeah, I'm convinced the Dark Ages weren't real. Sweet. Dragons, uh, yes. Dark Ages, no. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the fact that there is only, uh, the fact that there are two property brothers, no way in heck. No way. No way. Okay, so uh, thanks everybody for listening. Um, I don't remember what we talk about here. <laughs> well, the first thing we talk about is what we're going to talk about next week, and I'm going to be bringing in something a little cliche that I think we take for granted. Next week, I want to talk about whether or not Walt Disney is cryogenically frozen. And I know you rolled your eyes. I heard it. But I think there's some new information we can really dig into here because it's kind of used as a punchline. And I want to investigate where that punchline even came from, how that became such a popular theory how it became such a popular joke. I mean, that's one of the conspiracies that everyone's heard, but no one really yeah. actually gives it any serious investigation. And that's what I want to do, and that's what I'm going to bring to you. So you can On tell this. them about our theme song. That's the next thing we do. Yeah, so the next thing we do, I'm looking at our, our breakdown now. But thanks so much for listening. Uh, thanks a ton to our artist, Glenn Merle, for the use of our theme song, Threadbare. Um, he... Did a great job on it, and it's from his album, Burden of Proof, which you can find anywhere you can find our podcast. Uh, well, you can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, that kind of thing. Yeah. You can probably find it more places than you can find our podcast. Yeah. Or at least he you has can heart- find it at glenmoralmusic.com, but we're not there. Yeah, we're definitely not there. But where we uh, are is at Strictly Confidential Show. You can find us with that tag on Instagram. And you can find us at S Confident Show on Twitter. Because Strictly Confidential Show is a little bit too long for Twitter, we found out. Uh, yep. And we're, we're trying to actively post there, so if you need to know like what the next episode's going to be about, you can find information there. Finally, you can email us at Strictly Confidential, what, at Strictly Confidential Show at gmail.com. We would really love to get listener submitted conspiracy theories and even personal stories monster stories ghost stories that would be amazing uh you can go ahead and send those our way yeah and yeah we would love to take your theory and shoot it into the nether um if you like what you've heard um subscribe to our broadcast leave us a review tell your friends and yeah do you want to do the one-liner no it's your one-liner man all right uh as always stay curious (laughs) 